tension no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today you shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said you will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Now the fourth point I want to talk of is that a disciple is one who is committed to the unconditional sacrificial love for others. A disciple is one who is committed to unconditional sacrificial love for others. John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. John 13, 34 to 35. He says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. 35. He said, By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus is saying that the only way people in the world will know that is his disciple is when we have love for one another. When we have love for one another. There are categories of love. There are categories of love. There is what we call the agape love. There is what we call the filial love. There is what we call the eros love or the erotic love. Now, let me take it from the bottom. The eros love, which is the erotic love, is the love that is more of sexual driven. It's more of sexual driven. When the Bible talks about love here, it's not talking about the erotic love. Amen. It's not talking about the erotic love. It's not talking about the love that is sexual driven. So, for instance, when he said, if you, 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 you show love among yourself, you show forth that I am your disciple. It's not, it's not meaning that you should go sleeping with one another. Um, believers who are not disciplined. Anything is scared you want to sleep with. It's not that which he's talking about. So, you get closer to your Christian sister and all that you are thinking of is to sleep with that Christian sister. You are saying, oh, you are my Christian sister. Come and let's pray. You are destroying the kingdom. You are not helping the kingdom. Amen. That is not the love he's talking about. Because of your sexual escapades, which you cannot control, you make people not even come and serve God. Because once they are coming to church, they are afraid. You have turned yourself into the executioner in the church. Amen. That is not what he's talking about here when it comes to love. The second thing he's talking about of the love... Now, I told you that apart from erotic love, you move on to what we call the filial love. That love is the love that exists between families. That is the love that exists between families. It's a love that exists between a brother and a sister. That love where you can share your last biscuit with your sister or your brother. You can walk together. You can talk together. You sit together with your parents. You reason about the home. You discuss issues and all those things. That is the love of commitment. That is the love that was existing between the disciples in the book of Acts. In the book of the Bible, it says that they were together with love. And they shared things in common. There was none that was lacking. They were able to support each other. They were able to encourage each other. That is the Christian brotherly love. Amen. 
that is a love that is expected it's a home the church is a family the church is where we come to share our pains our challenges our strength our weaknesses together and we stand together and pray so it's a filial. that is the home your your child comes home in the challenges you come home the house is a place of relaxation it's a place of correction it's a place of encouragement it's a place of of, of shielding protection that is what the church is for you and I as a family. So we say we are one family, we are one people, we are one body, we are one flesh. Are you there with me? So filial love exists among us as a true disciple of a child of God. The next love is the agape love. The agape love which you can talk of is the unconditional love of God. It is that love for which compelled Jesus to go the extra mile. Though he was not a sinner, to become a sin, to die for you and I. So that is actually the key thing here is the agape love. So we mix the we interchangeably use what we call the filial love and the agape love when it comes to the church as the disciples of God. Am I talking to somebody here? So the agape love is a love of selflessness. It's the love that says that in spite of whatever, in spite of who you are, I still care and love for you and I continue to pray for you and I continue to stand there. It's the love that does not condemn. It's the love that encourages. It's the life, it's the love that makes us to turn around from our sins and embrace the righteousness of God and surrender unto him and live a life that is food bearing and righteous because people look at us to be able to come to the Lord. You and I are a directional post or a signpost for what the kingdom of God is about. If somebody wants to see God, the person has to see God in your life. And you can only see that God in your life with the agape love. The agape love says that greater love has no man than the one that will lay down his life for his brethren. The agape love makes you situate yourself in a situation first. If it is about you, how will you do or what will you do? So the agape love is a love that is unconditional. It's a love that overlooks. It's a love that is able to pray for, to encourage, to sustain, and to make things move. So Jesus is saying in, in John 13, 34, that a new commandment I give to you. He says that you know the commandments already, which is the Ten Commandments, that shall not steal, that shall not kill, that shall not do this, that shall not fornicate, that shall not commit adultery and all that. You know it already, but I am speaking to you a new commandment. In fact, Jesus came to fulfill both the law and the prophets. Are you there with me? But this is where he gave a new commandment. I said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. Tell somebody that you love one another. So when you tell your Christian brother or your sister that I love you, it is not an opportunity to say after service, you cornered again and said, didn't you hear what pastor said? He said, tell your neighbor I love you. So when I told you I love you, it means that it's that. No, no, no. That's not what it means. He said, we should love with a filio and agape. Tell somebody, filio and agape. So your Christian sister comes to you and she's vulnerable. You don't take advantage of her. Amen. You, you, you help her rather to be strong and be able to match on. Your Christian brother comes and you know she's, he's weak. You don't take advantage and mess him up. You make him to be strong and match forward. You don't tempt your brother. You don't tempt your, your, your this thing to sin. Are you there with me? You don't tempt the pastor. Hello? So that is how you have to do it. It's important for you to know that filio and agape. Because if you want to live your Christian life to be pure and decent, you have to help your brother to also be pure and decent. 
Are, are you there with me? It's a love that compels you or the two of you to do what is right. If your brother is falling, you restore the person. If your brother is in a challenge, you help the person to stand. If your brother is weak, you strengthen the person in his weakness. Show me your Christian character and I'll show you a man that is able to help somebody to stand and say that, ah, if I have not met you, I will not be where I am. There are people who by their nature, they are very vulnerable when it comes to sexual things. But they meet a man who is very strong. And the man says that we will not have sex until we marry. The lady might be struggling. The man is able to help discipline the lady. And the lady can stand throughout until they get married. You have saved a soul. Amen. The same thing you can get, you can get a, a, a man also who is very weak. He meets a lady, a lady says, listen to me. As far as I am in your life, I will help you. Not condemning the man, but strengthening the man in scriptures, encouraging the man. And over a period, the man is able to stand. And then they, together, they stay pure until they marry. You see, we need to show an example to the world. The question is, Pastor, is it possible to work with somebody without sleeping with a person? Yes, it's important. You can do it. You can do it. If I hear people say, and pastor, you see, it's not easy. It's a lie. It's easy. It's easy. It's your lust that is pulling you into all those things. You cannot deal with the flesh. One of the key things of Christian life is to be able to mortify your members. Bring your members under subjection. Oh, don't you have a feelings? Yes, we have a feelings, but you can control it. Amen. Tap someone and tell the person you have control over yourself. There's nothing like I can't control myself. You can't control. You see, Christianity without self-control is like a car without a driver emotion. Write it down. And you can draw the conclusion. Christianity without self-control is like a car emotion without a driver. Or a plane in flight without a pilot. That is how it is. So Christianity acts as the brakes or the controller of our life. So when you also come to know the Lord and say you cannot control yourself, then it means that there is something wrong somewhere. Either you need deliverance or you need to stay by the word of God or you need more prayer. Because there is nothing like, you see, Christianity does not encourage living anyhow. In fact, Christianity is the standard by which change takes place. So if you come to know the Lord also and you are not changing, then it means that you, are, you have turned your Bible upside down. Because that is the only place where change is effected. Remember, I started to those who are joining us, my not fall, but if you remember, I quoted Matthew by telling Matthew chapter 5 about the Bible saying that we are what? The salt of the earth and we are what? The light of the world. So as a salt, we season. As a light, we are an example. And I cited so many examples to you. I remember when I was not born again and I told you, I went on to say that if you are sinning, sin and let everybody know that you are sinning. There is no in-between. And if you are living righteous also, live righteous and let everybody know that you are living righteous. Reason why we are having challenges in politics and everything is that even Christians get into politics and they get lost. So we cannot show any standard. In your office, they cannot tell you are a Christian. You even find it difficult to tell them that you go to church. Because they know what you do. Before you give the person employment, you want to sleep with the person. 
you you change your dress and you put on different caps to different hotels because you don't want to be noticed so if if we are that our salt and we cannot be able to preserve ourselves for others to follow how then do we set a standard for the people to know so our christian life is a critical life it's a life that is the public domain it's a light it's a life that cannot be hidden it's a life that is visible to everybody so it's a life that every time you need to pray and ask god to give you the grace to stand and to live and the only way you can do it is to live by the word of god daily is to live by the word of god daily it's very critical is to live by the word of God daily. If you cannot do that, you realize that you set yourself free. That is why this year by ICGC, our team is perfection. It's perfection. It's important. We can be perfected. In this corrupt and dangerous world, we can be perfected. It's important. He said, Pastor, it is. listen to me. Anywhere you've been before, some of us have been there before. Some of us have been there before. And I... And, and I'm not ashamed to talk about where God picked me from. Some of us have been there before. Where you cannot sleep a day without a woman. That is how bad and serious it was. Where at any time T you have maybe about three or four girlfriends. You have the one who is buying your shoe. You have this one who is supplying. You, have, you, you, you know where you to go to get what you are looking for. So it is not your time alone. And I know there are people who have done worse things. Worse. But today, by virtue of salvation, their life is an example to the glory of God. So you have no excuse. It is not your time to say that, I, I, Pastor, you don't understand. Who told you? Do you know what people have gone through? Hurting criminals, armed robbers, chain smokers, we smokers. Who every disco in the world, they have been there before. But today, they are saints to the Lord. So please, it's about time you, you work on yourself and allow God's word to work on you. You sit in this church Sunday in, Sunday out, and the word is not working on you. For how long are you going to tarry to change? Do you know when Jesus is coming? Do you know when you go to bed and close your eyes and you don't wake up again? Have you prepared for yourself? So you need to understand the fifth point of a disciple is one who is dedicated to the fulfillment of Christ's commission. A disciple is one who is dedicated to the fulfillment of Christ's commission. Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20. Matthew 28 18 to 20. said, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And he said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And 20 says that teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Say amen. amen. So he says that if you also want to be a disciple of Christ, you need to be somebody that wins a soul to the kingdom. Tell somebody you need to be a soul winner. Tell the person you need to be a soul winner. And that is your fruit and your evidence that you are a disciple. This morning, let me ask you a question. How the person who is your soul in this church? Your wife? Your boyfriend? Your girlfriend? Or your sister? It's not your soul. 
Who is your soul? How many people have you won to Christ? Ever since you started going to church, can you show one person that I witnessed Christ to and today that person is in the kingdom and is established and is doing X, Y, Z in the kingdom. Can you testify of one? As a disciple, if you are able to win souls, you become accountable. Because your soul looks up to you. Your disciple looks up to you. You also look up to somebody. It creates a check in your life. I remember when I was even working in the hotel. It's not permitted, but I witnessed still. Today, I am grateful to see most of my colleagues saved. Because you see, when you talk of winning a soul, there is a seed you sow. Sometimes it's not instant the person will change. But at least speaking to the person about Jesus, you have deposited a seed over a period of time. The person is changed. I was a Muslim, became a Christian. I rose through, I went through uh, uh, what you call it, mission schools. I never knew one day I would become because there is no way I thought anywhere I would become a Christian. But not knowing, seed were sown into my heart because people were speaking to me about Jesus wherever I turned. But I never minded them. But today, here I am. You and I are sitting here because some seed were sown into you by the prayer of your mother, by the Sunday school you attended somewhere. You were bad and everything, but eventually, today, you have turned to the Lord. It's because of that seed. So, as a disciple, it's not about coming to church every Sunday, you yourself, or carrying a big Bible. Your, your work on this earth is to show people that you are saved in the occultic kingdom. When somebody is an occult, he goes out to win souls into the kingdom. Hello? In the kingdom of witches, one witch, it only starts with one. He will, she will go or he will go and win others also. Now they are recruiting even from the schools. That's why you always have to pray even for your children. They pass through. Those of you who went to boarding schools, even in the schools, they are recruiting. Hello? So it's important for you to understand. If the kingdom of darkness is even aggressive, winning souls into their kingdom, what about us, the kingdom of light? We are just there, excuse my language, fooling, and we think everything will be all right. And we don't know that gradually the church is loose to the extent that now we even in the church we are people with talismans we are people consulting juju and they are still in church and eating communion and serving the lord because we cannot believe that god is the ultimate power of our salvation to the extent that they even come to the churches and recruit people hello don't look at me like that. You think we don't see or we don't know? We know. But God says that he is slow to anger not because he cannot judge. But he gives room that men will repent. So for the fact that God has not touched you or has not struck you down with some tender and lightning, does not mean that he doesn't know what you are doing in that corner there. He knows it. But he is patient and giving you time and room to repent. One of these days, if you don't repent, when you go in before your secret shrine in your bedroom, in your corner, whilst you are chanting, he will strike you there. We cannot deceive the Lord. We can't deceive him. We can't cover up with, 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 with righteousness when we are not wearing the coat of righteousness. 
So the word comes daily for us to repent and be able to live a life that is fulfilling in the eyes of the Lord. You need a disciple. You need to win a soul. Can you imagine if roughly all of us sitting here, we are maybe 300. Let me say we are 300 or 200 people. And each person here is winning two souls. Two. Minimum two. Every month, two. Who can make the calculation? This message continues after the break. From the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu, get these life-changing, inspirational, and spirit-filled books. The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage, and any other ministry product of his. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry product at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House Last Stop, is Legon. Reach us on telephone, plus 233-277-250420 or plus 233 243 249 3361. Email us Welcome back. Even two at a go. Two times what? Two hundred. How many are you going to get? Two, one person, 200 people. Each person is winning two. So, two times 200, what is it? What? 400. So, 400. That is at a goal. Let's say every month you even want two. 400. Every month, 400. By now. Hello? So, the issue is not about a pastor. The issue is about you. Because for where I stand, I have souls. And I keep on winning souls. I keep on leading people to Christ. I keep on talking to people about Christ. Who have you spoken to? The reason why we are not serious in the house of the Lord in Christendom today is because we don't even witness. What we are interested in is that God give me shoe. God, give me baby. God, give me husband. God, give me a child. God, give me this. She was so much involved of asking God, give me, give me, give me. What have you given to God? Ask someone, what have you given to God? You think God also doesn't have need? You see, that's what we think. We think God is not in need. God also is in need. That is why he created you and I. And the greatest thing you can think of is to be a disciple. Listen to me. The fightings and the scrabbles in church will stop when congregation members know how to go and win a soul. Because when you win one soul and to disciple the soul, you will appreciate what the pastor does. You will go and stay and wait for the person and pick the person to church. You will go on your knees every day and be praying for the person, for God to keep the person out of temptation. You will fast for that person. You will pray for it. By the time you finish working on one soul, your life will change. I'm telling you. Your life will change. If you want to be serious with your Christian life, begin winning souls. It will act as a check on you. In your office, begin preaching to them about Christ and you will know that your life in that office will become a standard. It will act as a check on you yourself. 
in that house you are living in, begin witnessing to the people and you will know that it will become a check on you, yourself. The best way to have Christian check is to witness to people, not to go and hide in a place as if you are not there. Chorister, instrumentalist, whatever. Our duty is to win souls as a disciple. Tell somebody, win a soul. Tell somebody, win a soul. Some of you, your friends listen to you. You have the power to influence your friends. How, how do you influence them? How do you? Because if you can't change them, they will change you. It's easy. When I became born again, all the guys and all the bad guys around me, I was able to affect their life one after the other. And today, they are in the kingdom. Some of them are pastors. Some of them are deacons uh, uh, and elders in church of Pentecost and everything. When I see them, I'm excited. So that is how you live. And it's about life. Today, when you go to Nungwa in the area I grew up in, a lot of people knew me and they have given their life to Christ, including the young guys who look up to me. Because you see, you have your reach of influence. So when you said you have changed, and they see real change in your life, you change them also for the kingdom. Now most, even in Sunday school, that the people that I taught, majority of them in the Bible school, they are now in the Bible school. Some of them have come out, some of them are pastoring all over the world. Yet, I have not been long in the Lord. I know some of you will say that I became born again 20 years, 30 years. Show me your soul. For 20, 30 years, you don't even have one single soul. I got saved in 1993 from Islam into Christianity. 2000 and what? We are in 2000 and what? 22 years. I have pastored a real pastoral ministry by ordination for only 8 years. Though I have been preaching for, for, from the day I got saved. In fact, from the day I got saved, I started preaching. Even in training college, immediately I got saved. I was preaching to the scripture union. I was preaching at every, because they would call me to go and share my testimony. And by the time I finished sharing my testimony, I win souls to the Lord. Up to today. This is short period. But I can count how many people and I still go on. There are countless Muslims and Christians that are people that are be able to tend to, to the kingdom. And we continue doing it both in Ghana and outside. Where is your soul? Tap somebody has the person, where's your soul? You get up and say, and, and, and people don't go to church now. Listen, if we all take our place and begin changing people, this Ghana will be a better place. And the world will be a better place. God needed you and I to fix the problem, not to talk. And when you begin winning souls, all these talkings will stop. And the politicians will not take us for a ride. All of us, we are thinking of what we are going to eat right now and what we receive right now. But listen to me, God never created, saved us for that. He saved us to become agents of change. I want a baby, I want a baby, I want a baby, I want a baby, I want a baby. When the baby comes, by, Oh, pastor, you don't understand. Now the child cry. He doesn't sleep at night. So that is why now I'm not able to come to church. Baby came, church, kaput. Because that was your focus. 
I want a job, I want a job, I want a job. You will fast, you will pray at night, midnight, half night, quarter night. You are there. Then the job landed and I start seeing the money. Now no more church. When they call, I say, oh, pastor, you don't understand. You see, my work is so evolving. To the extent that, you see, Saturday I go to work. And sometimes when I come, I'm tired. When I'm waking up from bed, I have to stretch and struggle. Hey! When you give me car, I need car, I need car. I will serve you with all my heart. I will be in church early. I will be the first person to be in church. Then God landed you a car. Now in the car, you get up and say, hey, car. I have an appointment that you forget and then you move on with the car. The house of the Lord is a problem. You see, we think we are too smart. Tell somebody, God have mercy on us. A disciple. So now we go into the churches. We have turned the pastors to be smart. We are not heeding to sound doctrines. We are heeding to what will eat our ears. As I'm preaching now, I know somebody will be sitting somewhere, pastor, professor. Amen. If right now, as I'm preaching right now, I say, hey, I see some butterfly on your nose. And from the way the butterfly is behaving, something is going to happen to you. You will see people running and sowing seed. This way, I didn't say receive it. So you are not sowing a seed. You see where our interest is? Because this is not a message to sow a seed. God have mercy on us. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> a disciple is a privileged person. And we are going to look at the things that makes a disciple a privileged person. When you, have, when you are a disciple, you are a privileged person. When you follow Christ, you are, you are very privileged. You are very, very privileged. You are very, very privileged. You are very, very privileged. And let me, let me try to define what a privileged person means. Or what is privilege. I know you know, but I just want to echo it more for us to be able to see. Privilege. I am privileged to be here. Privilege. 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 He said, a right or benefit that is given to some people and not to others. A right or benefit that is given to some people and not to others. So as a disciple, you have some right that is given to you that is not given to others. Isn't it a blessing? Oh, come on. Isn't it a blessing? That means when, when you are a child of God and you follow Christ through and through, you have some kind of a right or you have some kind of a benefit that others don't have. have you, can you imagine a professional Twitter when you have a VVIP ticket? Whilst others are struggling, you get there and then you are there. You know, VVIP t- car park is not full. Do you know it's not full? Because it's only few that goes there. Amen. It's only few. It's just like you bought a plane and you belong to the business class or you belong to first class. When the plane is there, you see that it's one plane. Oh. And you are all sitting at the airport waiting to board. The announcer comes. Everybody will start picking his bike. Say, hey, Wait. We are boarding first class and business class and card holders. And you see some people walking gorgeously. And you are there. And some of them are not even among Zongo. They are sitting at the, what do you call it? Uh, 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 they are sitting at the lounge, enjoying themselves at the lounge. And you are sitting here. And there the flight can wait for them. But you, if you try, they will leave you. 
When you are struggling in your zongo economy and you try to put yourself because you want to sleep, someone is saying, hey, your, your seat is coming on me. Could you please adjust more? But in that place, you can sleep. Hey, listen, as a disciple, you have a benefit is given to people. You have that benefit. You have that privilege. You have a special card. You have a, a special identity. You are not ordinary like any other is. When you enter into a place, you see you have the advantage. The advantage that wealthy and powerful people have over other people in a society. The advantage that wealthy and powerful people have over a people in a society. It's important for you to understand that. Amen. And that is it as a disciple. So tell somebody and tell the person, you are not cheap. So don't make yourself cheap as a child of God. Shake the person. I give you the permission. Say, you are not cheap. So don't make yourself cheap. As a child of God. Amen. Let me give you the privileges. Privilege number one. You are called and chosen by God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 45. You are called and what? Chosen by God. He said just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in what? In love. You are chosen and called by God. You are chosen and called by God. You are not chosen by anybody. Tell the person you didn't choose me. Oh, Tarabasi, you didn't choose me. The creator of the universe. Oh, Tarabasi, the creator of the universe and the heavens is the one who chose me. I am not chosen by you. Amen. So you, you have to understand that, that you are chosen by him. You are chosen by God. You are chosen by God. You are chosen by God. I love it. You are chosen by God. You are chosen by God. Oh my God. You are chosen by God. It's a privilege. Can you imagine you chosen by God? You represent God. It's called and chosen by God. The next privilege you have is that Jesus is your savior. Jesus is your savior. It's not Akonode. It's not Otubaba. It's Jesus. Because you can mention Akonode, hey, I chant you and you will not appear. Amen. But with Jesus is ever present every time. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Anywhere Jesus appears, the angels appear. And so when you say in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Am I talking to somebody? In critical times, when you call upon his name, he shall deliver you. Oh, am I talking to somebody? You are saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not saved by any name. You are saved by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am that I am. When he said Jesus, he appears. You have that Jesus in your life. You have that Jesus where witches come against you in times where you are fighting in bed and you cannot even come out of your dream. If you can manage to shout Jesus, you realize that everything leaves you and they scatter. You have the power of Christ working in your life. Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. Tell the person, I am saved by Jesus. He died on the cross for us. He died on the cross for us that our sins will be forgiven. Making us acceptable 
to God. Romans 5, 8. He made us acceptable to God. So I stand before the Lord and I'm assessing, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that, while we were still what? While we were still what? Oh, say it. While we were still what? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Tell somebody, ah, Christ died for me. He didn't say once we're yet to say once we were still what sinners, Christ died for us. What a privilege. We were heading towards death and he snatched us from the mouth of the devil. The devil in your family said, Over their dead body, will you marry? The demon in your family land said, Over your dead body, will you get healed? They decided to mess you up, they decided to kill you at a certain age. By here, when you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you have crossed that age and you never die. That sickness could not kill you. They plan everything against you, accident, whatever. But because of the salvation power of Christ, he delivered you from the pit of death. I don't know who I am preaching to. They say you will never marry. But hey, you married because Christ was your savior. They say you cannot be healed. But you were healed because Christ was your savior. Hear me, somebody. If you have not seen the Lord, you have been dead by now. He is your salvation. He is your anchor. He is your strength. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. He is your I am that I am. Hear me somebody. Jesus is your savior. Amakasa. If God will open your eyes for you to see the witches that are following you. If God will open your eyes to see the principalities and the powers. Those that thought that you should have been dead by now. Ah, by God, by God. But for God. I said, but for God. I said, but for the Lord. But for the Lord. But for the Lord. He rescued you. Because greater is he that is in you than the one that is in the world. He is our savior and the redeemer of Israel. Am I talking to somebody you shall not die by live and declare the goodness of the Lord. It's not a slogan, but I have Jesus in me. Because hey, before you touch me, you need to touch Jesus, and you cannot touch Jesus. Ah, And I have the Holy Spirit. I have God over my life. Listen to me. You are not praying much as you should pray, but because of his saving power over your life, you go to sleep and wake up again alive. You should have been dead in your bed, but for Jesus. Am I talking to somebody? I said, but for Jesus. Ay, 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 ay. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high. The secret place is Jesus. Ah, as you dwell there, there is no enchantment. There is no toupee. There is no juju. There is no anything that can affect your life. Hey, they thought to disgrace you, but for Jesus. But for Jesus, but for Jesus, but for Jesus, look the dream you have that scares you. God has already dealt with that dream, but He wanted you to see it and know that He's the Lord over your life. Ah, you are not understanding me. You thought everybody you shook hands with was a human being. You are joking. You have shook the hands of people who, by the time they thought that after you are finished shaking, you should slump and die. But you finish shaking, then you walk away in the realm of the spirit. You didn't know what happened, but Jesus was there. He preserved and prevented you from being destroyed. Am I talking to somebody? I said because of Jesus.
Jesus, you are not dead and you are alive today. Don't think because of your prayer. Don't think because of your righteousness. Don't think because of your holiness. Don't think because you know God better. It is because Jesus saved you. He is your savior. He showed his love towards us. Yet we were yet sinners. He came to die for us. I am here to tell somebody that I know, I know, and I know. I know that my Jesus saved me. Well, Jesus saved you. And because of Jesus, you can speak and you can live and you can walk. Because in him we have our being and we can move and we can do all this. Ah, Jesus. 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 It does not matter what men says. It does not matter what you go through. It does not matter what they plan for you. Hear me. I said, Jesus. 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 Do you know yesterday night? Do, do you have an idea? The kind of meeting they went on your behalf to destroy you. Oh, you thought they didn't come. They came. But when they came, the lion of the tribe of Judah was at the gate. I didn't know who I am preaching to. No weapon, no weapon, no weapon, no weapon. Fashion against us shall prosper. Every tongue that will rise up in judgment against you shall be condemned. I don't know who I am preaching to. Ah, he was there. He was watching over your soul. Ah, you thought it's just a headache. Ah, but God turned it into a headache. That he will preserve you and protect you. He is your shield and he's your background. Jesus is my savior. I'm a kapashanda. Hey! 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 Do you know what they put on your chair in the office? You don't know. But you went and sat on that same chair. And they thought you have been dead by now, but you are still walking. Ah, I declare to you, you have Jesus. I said you have Jesus. I said you have Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Ah, somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. My, 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 oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Hey, hey, hey. Listen, you thought you even have a problem, but that is not a problem. The Lord just wants you to walk through something to mature you. But the reality of the whole thing has been taken away. He is taking this thing out and he has allowed you to go through so that you can just learn. But lay, let me tell you something. Bible said that I walk through my troops and leap over every wall. For yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because thou art with me. Even in the Old Testament, Jesus can be with them. That in the New Testament, that is founded on better promises. For the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. They can go to the shrine and sacrifice. They mention your name 7, 20, 30 times. Hey, but you are not dead and you are living. Why? Because Jesus' blood is speaking for you. Ah, the blood of Jesus is speaking. 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 That is your privilege as a child of God. That is my privilege because we have someone who is fighting for us. We have someone who is interceding for us. We have someone who is mediating for us. We have somebody who is talking to the Father on our behalf. Our Bible says we have a high priest who can bear with our infirmity. I am here to announce to somebody, Jesus.
Jesus is on your behalf. Jesus is there for you. Jesus is the one that restores you. He's your redeemer. He's our savior. He's our God. He's our Lord. He's the I am that I am. He is the one that makes the difference. The favors others struggle for, it comes to you. I, I don't care where they took you to, but God sent me to declare to you somebody that Jesus said he's your savior. Ah, I said Jesus said he's your savior. Oh, that trip you made, they thought you are flying and you no more come back, but you flew and came back. It was Jesus. Ah, they put something in your food. Listen, if God will open your eyes, you will never eat. Oh, do you know that? That, that, that? that prayer you pray over your food where sometimes you make a sign of the cross and you didn't even pray. By the time you put your hand into the food, Jesus has changed the nature of the food. Am I talking to somebody else? The water you drank, Jesus, change that water. The enemy thought he would poison you, but Jesus delivered you. I declare over your life, you have the privilege of his salvation. You have the privilege of his salvation. Ah, Many shall come against you but they shall flee in thousand ways with your eyes shall you see the end of the wicked they shall plan against you and my Bible said fret not but they shall wither and they shall be destroyed for witches will gather but it's not of me for when they gather they shall be scattered for you and I has been inscribed in the palms of his hands and he's looking at us every day he will never take his eyes off us he will continue to preserve us in the storm matter where they take you. It does not matter what they say. It does not matter what they do. It does not matter what they plan. It does not matter what they are proposing. But God is on the throne. I said the Lord is on the throne. I said Jesus is on the throne. I said Jesus is on the throne. I said Jesus. Rise up on your feet somebody. Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is on the throne. Tap someone and tell the person, I have a privilege. Tell the person, I have a privilege. <laughs> you, you, you don't understand it better. But if the people will come and confess to you what they saw, when they were coming to attack you, you will know that what the pastor is saying is not a joke. Some of you, if God will open your eyes to see the multitude of angels that are around you, even when you are afraid, you will know that, Charlie, I don't even need to be afraid. He is there. As your savior and my savior. He has loved us. He's bestowed his love on us. He's interceding for you and I. He's mediating between you and I. That is why Paul spoke in Ephesians and said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened that you may know. You see, when you have a knowing, you have a confidence. When you have a knowing, you have an assurance. When you have a knowing, you are encouraged that you may know the hope of your calling and the rich inheritance that are in the saints according to the salvation of the Lord. The rich inheritance. This is one of it. The blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Thank you very much for listening. 
This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. We know you've been blessed by God's Word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastdagon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435. You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you. And my Lord